Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous and our Into the West Mage Chronicle. This is episode 8, and so time passes. Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous, sponsored by Roll20, the Onyx Path, and viewers like you. Thank you very much for your ongoing support monetarily that helps us with tech. Uh, special thank you to Adele, Al, Alan Michael, Alexander, Engfalleth, Bernie, Blood Angel, Born After Final Fantasy VII, Brandon, Chris, Daniel, Doc the Undead, Dolore, Emil, Funzusu, Rali, George, Jack, Jenny, John, Josh, Julian, Catfeathers, Crazy Man, 1772, Melissa, Michael, Milo V3, Ms. Grumpy, our favorite Promethean, uh, Moku, Neomagus, Noba, other Michael, Parker, Harry, Puppeteer, Ralph's missing 5% of blood. Riafio, <laughs> Ryan, Shiksara, Sina, Terran, The Arcane, Thomas, Toast, Usuf Sama, Vortex, Woodsaum, and Zoltan. Thank you all so much for your support. It does mean a lot to us and, you know, helps us out, say, you know, if our mic finally gives up the ghost and have to do something new. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, less mm -hmm. loud, more peaking a bit. Yep. Okay. Uh, yep. That sounds about right. I've got it fine tuned. Um, it has been a day. Patrons didn't do sh name shenanigans. We had two people who did uh, patron shenanigans. Name shenanigans. Whatever. <laughs> we had Cambo making fun of the fact that he was born after Final Fantasy VII came out. And those the infant. Yes. And uh, and Noctol was claiming some of Ralph's blood. So uh, when we last left the Cabal, um, they had just recovered from a... Point of order, I don't know if it's fair to call us a Cabal yet. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. Yeah. Well, he's a time mate. Kind of tolerate <laughs> each other. Yeah. Yeah, the loose collection of magical acquaintances. How's Come that? on. Drew is a Mastigos, right? <laughs> if you're ever going to be a Cabal, you were always a Cabal. It's true. Uh, <laughs> That's how time works, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sort of. I don't know that cabals fall under the same supernal, you know, you've awakened and you've so you've always been a mage. Yeah. Um, maybe a legacy. It might have in Weird's case, you know, Weird's? considering her fate was tied to the legacy and, and the yeah. cabal. And um, requires awakening. We, we, we pick up after the recovery of the uh, Enright Mind number one uh, after it had collapsed and uh, everybody was recovered. Uh, poor Arthur Cole was crushed and damaged pretty heavily, um, yeah. but is going to make it. Yep. Um, and then we have uh, uh, Theo and uh, Gisela heading back into the mine to try and figure out, wait, hang on. Why did this happen? Because it shouldn't have. Um, Theo gets frustrating answers of, nah, this shouldn't have collapsed. Why did it? <laughs> but it did. Um, meanwhile, you know, Gisela is looking at this swirling vortex of energies pulling things in that are uh, especially confirming with, you know, Theo who says, I don't see this. Uh, Yep, this is some weird fake shenanigans. And then use time magic post-cognition to confirm, yes, even 
Oh, not Warner and Wright. Mortimer Bethune was just as surprised about this collapse as everybody else. And uh, I think we pick up just to kind of finalize that night um, as uh, Cloak had been, no, Jean-Paul um, had been, you know, returned back to the barracks um, to rest up after monumental amounts of effort. Uh, so, yes, we pick up with uh, Isabel sitting down and, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, sliding a beer uh, across to Mortimer um, and saying... Uh, Oh. Uh, and picking up with uh, with them having a little chit chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't remember where where we were when this was happening. Oh, gotcha. Yes, you were in. Or if we established it, but if we're in the tavern, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, less of a like slide it to him as a bartender, and more like coming around and sitting down on a stool. So. An awful lot of really interesting things happening since you arrived. <laughs> I think he, you know, takes the beer with his, you know, his good arm, kind of draws it across and kind of eyes you up and says, Well, are you are you just noticing them? And I actually, I think he, uh, you know, is this, uh, oh, what's the bias? Confirmation bias. <laughs> I don't know. But I do know. But nothing much has happened in this town. Since I've been here. And since you've gotten here, had, uh crazy thunderstorm came out of nowhere and uh, well obviously today's events are outside of the norm with you centered right at them takes a long sip from his beer kind of looks over at you and says the entire time you've been here, you've never seen a large thunderstorm or seen a mine collapse? Let me put it this way. Things happen here, obviously. Stories don't happen. My friend, you are part of a story. Don't think that I quite like being called a story. I I study things. I don't make things happen. I'm just pointing it out. I don't much care to whether implicitly or not, no, implied or not, it be suggested that I am responsible for a mine collapse or a thunderstorm. No.
all I'm saying is that it makes me intrigued. Trying to think of where he would go with this. Actually, yeah. Um, well, if it's, you know, so intriguing, do you have questions to investigate? Sure. What about the stars makes you need to study them here? As far as I'm aware, they have them everywhere. So, um, Isabel is familiar with fast talk and I believe even mm -hmm. jargon. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, without me digging out an astronomy book, um, mm -hmm. you basically, get jargoned. <laughs> you get jargoned hard and it is, it okay. is all, uh, I mean, for, for actually, yeah, go ahead and roll some intelligence plus science, uh, to try and kind of follow along. Could this be a... Can I propose more of like a... We're fast-talking each other? Like a pose sort of thing? What is the rules normally for... Uh, fast-talk? Because I, 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 I don't think he's actually using fast-talk. He's just okay. using words and that he knows you probably no, don't know. All right, pulled right up to it. Awesome. Um, so with the first dot, when a mark contests or resists your character's social interactions, apply minus one to their resolve or composure. Um, jargon lets you apply a specialty to uh, any skill, as long as the specialty is relevant. Gotcha. And the third one is devil's advocacy, where you sort of bait and switch all your opinions all the time and you can re-roll a failed subterfuge roll per turn or per scene. Gotcha. Um, yeah, notably um, I think what you're... It's, it's not even that level of stuff. You're okay. basically... It's just he... And like I said, this is more on my end. He's hitting you with legitimate jargon and explaining well, when you come over this way and, you know, come south from, well, actually not too south, but south from London, you see, you know, a different set of constellations. You see stars a little bit differently, uh, you know, things things of that nature. Now, technically, we're, you know, you got to get way south, but he, he's lying uh, because sure. Craig, Craig is giving me this look and I'm like, yes, I know. That's not 100% of how it works. <laughs> I mean, they are in different places in the sky. Mm -hmm. Sure. And daylight, nighttime, like that term, the position of the terminus at certain times and stuff would alter what you would see, okay. I suppose. So but what what do you want me to roll? Uh, intelligence plus science uh, to try and keep up with him, basically. Okay. That's like to know what he's talking about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How much do you know about astronomy? Okay. Yep. Okay. Would there be any other option for like just getting the fact that he's lying? Um, yeah, I guess we can do it that way too. So that would be, um, 
is it wits plus either empathy or subterfuge minus two because sure yep that's still a much better roll (laughs) (laughs) nope (laughs) all right um so with that uh yeah he basically throws a bunch of and it's you basically get a good explanation of no he has a reason to be out this far west you know for this and you know throw in some you know light pollution which probably really wasn't too much of a problem way back then but you know he i mean in london it would be uh, for sure yeah all right and what about all the uh particularly fancy scribbling Rilla's got in her book. Yeah, sorry. uh, For podcast folks, yeah, he kind of (laughs) sits silently, kind of confused at what you're talking about, then has a nod of ah, yes. And it's basically, yeah, he kind of looks across and says you might not quite understand the cutthroat nature of the scientific community but you know my you know, myself and my associates write in a kind of cipher to keep our notes concealed from competitors it's not really a concern here but when we return back to london if those notes were taken maybe an issue all right i get it that's why i never write down any of my music people can't copy me if they don't know what i played it's true, and if you're improving that all from the top of your head, I must congratulate you. It is pretty phenomenal playing. Thank you. Well, it's not improv, it's, you know, there's actual learning associated with it, obviously. Very well. I appreciate oh. the beer, Isabel. And, you know, if you have Absolutely. more questions of... Good luck with the arm. Oh, yeah. If you have any more questions of the scientific nature, you know, feel free to speak to me or my associates. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself at the center of any more adventures... You'll be there to record them? I'll write a song them. for it. Perfect. Um, and that kind of wraps us up with uh, mm-hmm. kind of that specific event. And we move forward into some downtime. Um, yeah. Uh, which is uh, very amusing because I asked all four of them of like, okay, what do you guys want to do? And I got four very different styles of answers. <laughs> Chris gave me a short ABCD short answer stuff. Uh, Craig gave me three lines of like this thing, this thing, this thing. And then <laughs> cloak Ralph gave me paragraphs, uh, which is very good. Cause now I know fully what we are up to. And then Ash was like, yeah, I want to do this thing. Uh, so it was cool. I have, I have them all in my notes and I don't even have to mark who's who is who, because they're all very distinctly different. Um, does anyone and I, I, my plan is to kind of cycle through all of these and we're going to keep mm-hmm. them basically on the shorter like descriptive side um, mm-hmm. without getting too 
drawn into long scenes. Uh, though I think there's one like a couple lines each. And if it's like between characters, right? And, stuff, right? Um, and and notably, and there's the graveyard uh, that Craig is. We're definitely going to have a bit more of a scene there, depending on who all uh, goes. Um, and then also, uh, I think I definitely want to go. <laughs> and I think there was one, uh, yeah, because cloak and. Uh, Isabel talking about spirits and stuff like that. It's another one that we'll definitely start off with. But is anybody, because we're, we're basically fast forwarding over two weeks. So a lot of this mm-hmm. is going to be downtime of you guys kind of relaxing, somebody healing up their foot um, and, uh, you know, just kind of normal day to day stuff as basically all the wild shenanigans that have been going on kind of settle into a bit of a, a lull we're waiting on packages to arrive that have been ordered from you know uh i do need to look up the closest fort um and getting shipped down river um you know people are you know the mine are uh, the mine is closed for four days um as they kind of investigate and look it over uh some stuff like that but yeah does anybody have a specific one that they're like let's you know want to start there otherwise i'll start picking I think that's okay with me. Um, I can start with the uh, scouring, which I wanted to do. It goes along with like healing up your leg. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Gisela has been spending a lot of time trying to just sort of strain magically and press further and see what the boundaries she has are. Um, nothing flashy, but like, like little things, like further, um, more complicated divinations, or like looking at the fate binds between people in town, and as a result, has no mana. Mm-hmm. Sure, and is very compelled to try to find a way to fix that without hurting. Um, so basically. Imagine she's just sitting there one day, basically on the floor of the bedroom by herself, trying to rearrange a puzzle, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, take this and put it here. And it's like, you know, you can take from like a wound, but that's bad. That had me limping for like three days. Um, until she finally sort of realizes you can just sort of sap and you're tired and now you can't lift as many things at the shop and this kind of sucks but you have mana and you're not hurt yeah no visible wound and and i would imagine she probably actually starts with stamina mm-hmm. you know and be like okay i give up the this and then starts to realize that oh i could actually do this with strength and mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that so cool so uh off of that um is anybody else there with you or is this a kind you, of yeah quiet thing? Yeah, do you share that with anyone? That's the uh, next question. I would question. tell them, but the the discovery part of it is definitely me just sitting in the bedroom floor and trying to trying to like rearrange a, a puzzle box, figure out what you can put into this slot apart from what I already know, which works, but I don't like it. Yeah. So, just several days of we'll take this. And then that leads to this result. I like it. Cool. Uh, so yeah, you can go ahead and fill up your mana because over the next yeah. couple days of twenty-four hours and 
yeah. getting three mana back, you only need mm -hmm. three, four days. Um, how long before you actually mention it to somebody else? Uh, probably a couple of days once I've realized what I'm actually doing and that this is going to work all the time. Cool. And not just like this wasn't a fluke. All right. And then, you know, real quick, you know, what is what is everybody else's reaction to it? Do, do you jump in and go like, oh, this is perfect? Or does anybody sit and take some time to experiment with it before they kind of lean into it? Oh, wait. Go ahead, Greg. Oh. Let's do a different experiment a little bit. Cool. To get an idea, a feel for the limits of it. How much damage she can do to herself. She'd want to be pretty careful about it. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Isabel would definitely jump in on it and then also double down on it with like a couple life spells here and there of like okay what exactly just happened um, and with life sight and stuff like I feel like that would you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, pretty pretty quickly get a grasp of what you had done. Cool. So uh, we'll mark down for later an arcane beat for that as you kind of study that first. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. for chat, uh, yes, you can heal with uh, mana. It's three mana to heal a wound, but um, yeah, it's not it's not great. Um, and uh, Bad, getting ratioed. Yep. Uh, because yeah, you're. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're, well, you're only taking one wound, but healing a wound, but uh, you heal the... Uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. just not worth it. Uh, now what you can get do... Get life, too, if you want a pattern restore off of Yes. Yeah. Even then, still not great. It's not great. I mean, it's great for bashing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like one mana per three or something like that? One mana per one bashing. Yeah. Okay. And it's that's two mana great. per one lethal. So, I mean, you can cast a spell at life three, but... So you take three bashing... Three mana is not that bad. Mm -hmm. uh, and then make a difference, right? And then what about? It's good for mid combat. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what about Jean Paul? Um... So Jean Paul Cloak is uh, intrigued, as you can imagine, uh, and um, asks Gisela a number of pointed questions about the extent of her experimentation. And then over the course of the next day, he does the following things. First, um, or the next two days, two or three days. He does the following things. Uh, the first thing he does is he attempts to replicate her injuring herself, like injuring her ankle um, and gaining mana from that. Um, then he tries to do it again. So he tries to harm himself and gain from that. So he tries to scour twice in a day, almost immediately. Right? Like, right after he gained power, he tries to see how often he can do it. Um, then he starts sapping other parts and sees the extent, right? He tries to sap his, um, his will. He tries to sap, um, his, his, um, his focus, um, before he realizes he can only really sap his strength and stamina. Cool. Right. Considering where his dex is. And then, um, after that, um, he starts injuring himself. So, you know, um, content warning for anybody with, um, self-injury, right? Um, but what Cloak starts doing is he tries to see if the reverse is possible. So he recognizes that you can scour and the consequence is you might experience an injury, you gain mana. He wonders if, okay, well, if I break my hand, right? Or, but he doesn't go that far yet. But like, if I cut myself, do I gain mana, right? If I can do it in reverse, if I gain mana from being injured, or if it's a different process, he tries to see if there's some mundane thing he can do, considering, you know, his focus on triumph through hardship. 
Like, all right, if I can just exert myself in some other capacity, or is there a way that if I am injured, I can use that to empower myself? Cool. And I think that's that's when he starts trying to see if there's a, a relationship between the mana and the injury, which, if it makes sense to you, what I was thinking is it, it'd lead to him learning to restore his pattern. Yeah, and that's, what, that's where I was leaning towards that. It's like, okay, okay. work it out in the reverse. Yep. Um, and then also discovering that, well, right now, limited to once per day. Cool. Um, right. Theo would also take a... Because uh, she can see her own pattern and like see the man and can she do that to anyone else like uh, look at other people's patterns and is it oh possible to take mana from their patterns yeah cool uh yeah so quickly discover <laughs> not well and specifically that's three dots death yeah, uh not yeah yet. not yet but you yeah I, and i think that's because i know what you're planning to do later yeah i think that's one of those <laughs> like hmm, there's more i can do with this uh because that's also the thing that you know you all know that you have your gnosis one and your current arcana it's like there's some things that, well, actually, for all of you, I can do with this subtle stuff, but I can't do with the gross stuff and starting to realize that the Arcana can develop and learn more. Because up until now, you guys have just been chilling where you're yeah. at. So, uh, but yeah, definitely, I, I like that as a lead into what I know you've got planned for later. So it's like, hmm, there's more here. Cool. I like that. Um, and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pop in here and... Uh, start us uh well not start us off continue that um as we have and like i said we'll uh take some of these a little bit longer and we have uh oh my god names theo and uh isabel nope theo and gisela and heading into the graveyard probably in under the cover of darkness i imagine for sure. Because that's not... The Seems thing. like a good time to go to a graveyard. Right. And also not the kind of thing you want to be seen going, oh yeah, we're just going to wander around the graveyard for no reason. Because uh, neither of you have any loved ones in the graveyard to even visit or anything like that. So, cool. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play this one out kind of short-ish, but um, yeah, going in and uh, do you help Giz- uh, Gizla out at all, Theo? for seeing ghosts yeah but like to let her know and make sure she's cool like you're gonna uh, see actually, <laughs> this big yeah, horrible looking yeah yeah mm-hmm. because Isabel showed me things can you okay but I'm gonna give her a warning like she's gonna see this gothic like archway um, it looks really nasty and there's gonna be a guardian who's pretty protective of it yeah, so, well, it, and that's hmm. that's the other question. Have you, because if I remember correctly, you haven't gone into the graveyard. No. Cool. Um, I, I would have checked to make sure that there was one here, like that there was a gate and a guardian and stuff, but I wouldn't have done anything. Oh, so you've seen one before. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, um, like she's yeah, seen he, one in the middle of the empty prairie one time, which was yeah. kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, or something like that. So yeah, uh, I definitely uh, extend the. Um, what's is it? Speak with the dead. As yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. what lets you see them. Yep. yep. So I do the speak with the dead with her. Yep. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Obviously, don't need to roll that. Um, but yeah. So you guys have a, a nice little 
trip out to the fairly small graveyard. Um, you know, there's there's definitely you know a number of folks here, but it's not. Uh, excuse me, number of bodies buried here. Uh, the number of ghosts, obviously, uh, both within 2E canon, but also within, you know, into the West, not everybody leaves a ghost. Um, it's people who have reason to stay behind and linger and stuff like that. And they are um, uh, not okay. Um, you know, like opening up your guys' eyes to the dead. Um, there are, I almost said, well, yeah, there are four ghosts within the graveyard, uh, three of whom are basically just lying atop or wandering around their specific gravesite. Um, and it's mumbling and shaking, or uh, a, another one is just continually just punching at their gravestone which they're making no actual contact with but they seem to just punching at it almost like you know a you know like a punching bag um and just murmuring and occasionally crying out and it, it's not a good scene um another one is a little bit more cognizant and is watching and like just like just watching everything uh and of course everything's within twilight so the physical world is kind of hard to see and then yes there is the fifth there is a um uh basically a farmer um has a you know big uh like mallet um and you know well not exactly coveralls but the the 1846 equivalent um standing before this just curved uh, stone archway that just leads into nothingness um it is just this empty void uh with like wrought iron gates uh you know with a big gnarly padlock across it and the farmer is just pacing back and forth uh in front of it almost soldier-like just kind of watching and carrying the mallet sorry in my hands you know carrying the mallet and swapping it back and forth and just you know looks almost peasant militia you know but no rifle um but you know he he is on guard and this is his job um and compared to the other ghosts who look more or less human but tattered and broken and stuff like that this one seems a little bit more uh more undead in the fact that you know the clothing is there but there are bits of like grave dirt on the shoulders um little specks of you know grass come up there's a little bit of dirt sitting atop his head and just like constantly just falling off of him um uh you know just like this continually just pulled out of the grave kind of look to him Um, so don't get close. They're not. They're not really. Um, they're not really sentient, and if you try and interact with them, they can get angry. Can you help them? Um, I've been thinking about that, but I don't know how because I can't. Like they don't. They don't communicate, and if you interrupt what they're doing, they just get like angry and violent. Not even that one. And I'm pointing at the one that's like 
watching us? Well, that I'm not sure about. Um, You're just talking from past experience, not these yeah, guys specifically? that's right. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I, like, I've seen ones like... like these other ones before, and they're, it's almost like a uh, they're just trapped in something, and if you try and get them out of it, they get really angry. But, but I can, I can see what's, I can see like the what's binding them here. So maybe I could do something with that. But the really interesting one for me is the guy by the gate, because I've seen people like him before in strange places. Like every graveyard I've been to has had one. But I've also seen them in places where there wasn't a graveyard, but maybe there was some long time ago or something. Have you tried talking to them? Um, not beyond like eye contact, like I see you and they can see me. Like in acknowledging that, I haven't tried approaching them yet. Do you want to? Uh, sure. <laughs> so you guys um, kind of tiptoe around the the edge of the graveyard and kind of make your way to well the edge and where the ghosts are and come in towards the center, which I imagine is where the gate is because of course it's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the farmer who's been doing the patrols kind of comes around, and you know, the patrols stop and it becomes more of an active watch of you. And it's definitely quizzical more than like wary because he sees the two of you and you two look normal. Like, especially to even the, the dead ghosts over there who, you know, show signs of injury and, you know, are a little off from human. You guys look absolutely normal, which he probably doesn't ever see. He just kind of watches you and, you know, this. Uh, but, Okay, yeah. Chris is making a face. Normally, wouldn't see like with this clarity within within twilight the way they stand out with speak with the dead because seeing out of twilight everything's gray and muddled and stuff. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Yes. Um, and yeah, kind of looks over at uh, the two of you, especially as you kind of start coming closer, and you know it is this, you know, fairly um, very resonant, very echoey. Um, voice like coming out from a pit um, and says hello hi and like startled back just a little bit the fact that you respond that's Um, okay yeah not necessarily yeah you know scared but just surprised Mm -hmm. Uh, and kind of looks from you looks over to the other ghosts who you know don't seem to have noticed you or acknowledged your presence and goes what do you want uh just to ask some questions and to understand i've seen um they think they're people i've seen people like you before um standing around similar structures but i didn't i don't understand it looks like you're guarding it. But maybe you need some questions answered first. <laughs> well, yeah, you're damn straight I'm guarding it. You don't want anything coming out of here. Oh, that's what you're there for. And then kind of, you know, the thumb over the shoulder. That's hell. Ooh. Mental scribbling on the notepad. 
<clears throat> um, gate to hell in our graveyard. Cool. Not just this one. All graveyards? It's a few that I've seen. Um, and is this something you chose to do, or somebody give you this task? Now that you mention it, never really thought about it. I just know this is my purpose. Keep it locked. Nothing comes out. Less kind of points over to, you know, the the ghost and says, less one of those poor souls is ready to go in. Oh, they can go in? Never come out. So you can open it if you need to. I don't open it. It opens for them. It's not quite pleasant. Oh. Who were you? Sorry, what was that, Ash? Uh, who were you? Jedediah. Friends called me Jed. Do you know how long you've been here? Kind of turns and looks down and points at the gravestone that's like right next to him. You know, oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, past. I'm guesstimating, you know, fifteen years. I really want to scrutinize it with fate. <laughs> Try to see what's bounded here. Would you let me study you for a moment? Just look. I'm trying to speak thing. like Jedediah, but you know, define yeah. study. <laughs> what you mean? Well, I can see ghosts and understand some of the things that hold them here. But I've, I don't. I, but I'm used to seeing folks like them and points over towards the like the guy just bashing his grave marker and that like they don't talk I can't talk to them but I can talk to you which tells me you're different somehow I'd like to understand that I guess thank you so much this means a lot to me <laughs> I'm just gonna look at you giddy it's like Yep. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's do a scrutiny. Okay. It's just gnosis and fate, right? Mm -hmm. And then tell me before you roll how many mana you are spending uh, to get some bonus successes. Um, I two. Okay, and I will tell you um, that for Craig, this is an opacity two. For Ash, mm -hmm. because you're studying what's binding him here, it's an opacity three. Okay, yeah, I'll send you. And I'll spend two as well. Alright. Perfect. Mm. Okay, so yeah, oh. so uh, 
Yeah, Gizla is able to make a little bit of progress and understand that the a, a little bit of what's going on here, the big red flag that you get is this is not the magic that you have studied. This is not supernal. This is something about this place. And um, I don't know how you view um, or how Gisela views fallen magic and some of the stuff that she's seen and probably read, um, you know, compared to the supernal stuff that you do. Um, but yeah, you can definitely tell that difference. And like, this is this is not something, you know, heavenly, so to speak, you know, but this is very kind of mundane, but, you know, is part of this world. Um, and yeah, Theo, you kind of stare down, what are you? And just get nothing. But it does unfortunately mean you got to spend that mana. Mm -hmm. And then you guys can definitely come back uh, over the next couple days and do this. Uh, so if you guys want to roll a couple more, uh, if this becomes like a little experiment for you guys. Hey, look, we, uh, we're we going to throw a bunch of dice at Scrutiny. Whoops. <laughs> Two. Cool. If you want to go ahead and do one more. Cool. And spend some willpower. I threw some willpower at it, yeah. Yep, and so that brings you both down to one opacity. Of course, if you fail you after these, the I'll try one more time. Cool. Four. And, and one. one. Cool. And I'm, I'm not worried about doing a revelation roll afterwards. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so you guys get um, a pretty good breakdown of, you know, this is a Geist. This is, and you know, I think you definitely tell that this is a rank three, uh, at least imagine you guys share notes um mm -hmm. you know but yeah theo you can tell this is a rank three and which you definitely get the vibe that this is something like where these that you've spoken to and kind of poked at before are just like ghosts this is a ghost plus something else on top of it that probably considering it's the underworld probably feels kind of icky and gross and you know oppressive uh though this specific one seems like it has a not necessarily good on the moral vibe but good on the helpful side of things you know it has hmm. a it has a job to do and you might not necessarily like it but it's very good that they're here kind of thing because uh yeah and then uh, I think that actually comes into, you know, what Gizla gets, which is a lot of this thing is here. Jed is here because he's the first to be buried here. And with him came it became a graveyard. And because it is a graveyard, it needs this gate. Now, what you necessarily get from that, and I don't think you quite get the why these things are necessary so much as Jed is tied to the graveyard, which is tied to the death gate, which is tied to the underworld and kind of, I, I, I imagine kind of the fate kind of guides the, the flow of like, okay, this is, this is all kind of connected and necessary yeah. for one another. I was basically seeing it as like, you had a life with a whole bunch of threads and then you died and then that since you were the first one to die, that sort of brought up a new thread. And it's only one. And it so, does not branch and it goes on forever. Yep. So that first one buried there is a significant revelation for Theo. Mm -hmm. um, and sort of, sort of kind of 
edging around it, she would out, like get it, try to get a feel. Does he understand anything about what he is or how this happens or what makes a death gate? He knows nothing at all about it. Nope. He's got no idea other than his purpose is to keep things from coming out unless they're supposed to. And I imagine you over the past couple days, you guys have had a little bit of conversation with him, but it basically comes mm-hmm. down. Some things are allowed out, but they're nasty and I don't like them. He's saying that Jed is the judge of whether or not people come out. Yes. Um, I appreciate you acknowledging the joke other than Chris's little half smirk. I didn't even get a chuckle from any of you assholes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in Theo's head right now and she's thinking like she buried her husband and son. But was it a graveyard? Or was it just a lone grave? She didn't know enough to understand like she was like dew still br- dripping off of her awakening mm-hmm. kind of thing and didn't understand anything about what had happened. So I don't think she would have even noticed if there was one. Right. Yeah, mm. that does make me really curious as to if it is... Because, I mean, people die and get buried by themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. it... Do you only get one if it is in an intentional graveyard? It's intended to be a space for many graves. Sounds like yeah. something to study. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gonna have to kill some people and make some graves. <laughs> <laughs> How many graves makes a graveyard? What? Bury it outside the graveyard and see if you get one. Yep. It's just speed, like making an omelet. You put that speed run category up, right? Right. <laughs> and uh, just to put a bow on this, like Perfect. Jed does not have a soul at all. No. There's nothing. There's no soul. Mm. And I, because with with Death Sight, you know these guys neither have a soul nor, and they are not a soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, can I go next? Absolutely, because yeah. Um, probably backing up a couple days, mm-hmm. like the maybe even like the morning after everything happened, mm-hmm. while Cloak is still probably recovering from his exertions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isabel makes the trip up to the the mine to the barracks. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Asked to see Cloak. I assume probably sees uh, Sonny Tay and Missy J. Yeah, a bunch of other folks who are going to go right. nameless for the moment. Oh, they got names up there. <laughs> oh, do we? Okay. Yeah, look at there. There's names, ranks. You don't got vice and virtue, but pull names out of the hat if you want. Got ten more names. So, what is the what is the barracks like? What is what is Cloak's bedroom? Mm. What's the word? Austere. Spartan. Yeah, it is clean, mm-hmm. uh, and there are a lot of hard edges or hard surfaces, right. not hard edges smooth and round edges and the surfaces are hard so he sleeps on a thin pallet on the ground uh, let's see what else would be assorted you know there's a little bit of color that might surprise you in there like daubs of paint Fabrics in various places or I shouldn't say surprise you Chris I mean it might surprise others right sure um, based on their perceptions of cloak and yeah what does he have there he has is this on see that like placed on a stool by itself he has a few 
miscellaneous trappings of Baldu. Some feathers. It looks like uh, some dried bones. There's some chicken bones. Uh, some carvings. And, uh, yeah, the leather duster you've seen him wear sometimes. And he's probably, right. like, laying on the pallet um, without his tunic on. Just pants? Yeah, just pants. Cool. Um, so, I'm assuming Isabel gets kind of, like, more or less just pointed in a direction, not really, like, shown in or whatever. <laughs> Probably, although I think Sanite, I think I wrote her as the one who's um, quite engaging. Hmm. She's, let's see, yeah, she's she's kind and patient, so sure, um, but she might like, be inclined to. Yeah, go ahead. Fair enough. Um, I'm cool with whoever you want to play. Yeah, yeah. if if people just point, Either they're way. like, it's up to Either you. Either way, yeah, I get to you in some way. <laughs> right. um, Sounds good. And. Uh, I will uh, take out my flute mm-hmm. and just say good morning and then just start playing a little soft and low kind of quiet, relaxing sort of song. Mm-hmm. Closes his eyes and does not yet rise. But you see a smile emerge in his face. A real one, not a Terminator one. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Genuine relaxation is experienced. You are a good man. Cloak leans up at that. It says, Not many people have said that to me. Not many people have witnessed an extraordinary deed of life saving strength. It wasn't always that I was able or compelled to use my strength to help someone. And I'm glad that I had the opportunity. Okay. Um, may I show you something? Yes, please. And I will let you see some spirits. Ooh, cool. And I don't think you need to actually roll that unless... Yeah. yeah. I mean, you didn't make Craig roll it, so... Right, yeah. <laughs> try, try to keep these kind of on the shorter side, yeah. We're in narrative yeah. time. Yeah. Um, For story purposes, it works. So, so you can see the little ivy crawling around of Ganem, and I will just ask him to say hello if he wishes. Um, and then... Before you get on one of your rolls, um, so welcome to the spirit, and I'll say it in high speech, world. Well, looks around and looks at you, and he already knows what the answer is, but he needs These to confirm it for himself. <laughs> he says, not, and then he says mind in high speech. Definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. You see Cloak stilling his 
combination of fright, confusion, mm -hmm. and excitement. Mm -hmm. Because you're blowing his mind. Mm -hmm. I just and came here to tell you. Yeah, it's it's, it's that... threatening for him as well. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In the in the identity crisis, Isabel sense, knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> so continue. Sorry, you were talking in character. You, um, I came here to show you this, and to tell you, to challenge you, as you so like to be challenging others. I love that so much. There's more going on in the world than can be seen just from any one viewpoint. And it may perhaps behoove us to not be so certain that where we are standing is the best. First Theo's dreams and metat, air quotes there, mm -hmm. and now this. Yeah. It's like, oh, hmm. <laughs> This is this is a great precursor to the conversation he needs to have with the entity in his own head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, how come you didn't tell me? <laughs> I didn't know either, man. How would it know? Right? You, yeah. um, while you were digging yesterday, I bargained with the spirit of the mine itself. And if you felt something some greater strength or ability. I believe it was its doing. Can I thank it? If you want. <laughs> it's kind of gross. He's... He's, uh... It. They. Are. Grotesque. And when you say that, Cloak smiles and says, you must not know much of the petrol law. <laughs> nope. But I didn't come here for lessons. And she just starts playing her flute again. <laughs> uh, one, one thing I do want to kind of touch on, because we, we talk about Ganem being there, but there's, mm -hmm. you know, especially considering what this place is, and oh, yeah. what the cult, you know, strives for it to be. Because within the barracks, like, it's not a bunch of maroons, miners. Within the walls here, it is definitely the cult. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the children of the broken chains. Because uh, yeah. I'm not going to attempt the French. Uh, <laughs> but um, I imagine there are some definite spirits. Because like we've talked about, we're, we're throwing out, you know, too many wacky spirits. But there's definitely... The, the spirits of I don't know necessarily that camaraderie and teamwork is quite there mm. but this like this kind of sense of uh, cooperation or you know brotherhood or some, some kind of there's some emotional tie there I can't mm -hmm. quite think of that like is sitting here and especially for uh, for Isabel coming in here and having seen you know Alfoff you know, right. and then the grotesquerie of the mine, and then coming in here and seeing this, you know, I don't quite know what it would look like, but it is, you know, this like almost. Is there a fireplace here? I would imagine so. Yeah. And it like. Yeah. Be oh, hearth, kind of like hearth a spirit. 
Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah. Uh, are there any sleepwalkers in the cult? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we haven't determined that yet. Yep. I suspect somebody's going to be or become one at some point. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, you know, you have that moment of like, oh, okay, yeah, that's not grotesque. Um, yeah, not quite community and home because that would be more Goetia right. within our the w- the way we're doing spirits and and Goetia mm-hmm. within this chronicle. But yeah, it's it's more emotional ties for for spirits, objects, spirits, natural phenomenon. Cool. And I didn't really have anything else in that scene. It's just I like sort of like cloak looking around and Isabel playing the flute and just yeah. <laughs> sort of drifting off off from there. Right, and- cloak, cloak looks like a child. Um, who you simultaneously <laughs> told that Santa Claus is not real and that they will be okay no matter what happens in their life. <laughs> I was thinking, told them Santa Claus isn't real and also congratulations, Harry, you're a wizard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's this whole other world. Um, and I know we're getting close to our normal break but you know we can take a break whenever um but i thought this was actually a good spot to transition into um uh cloak dealing with the the maroons after the the collapse because perfect like like uh chris said this is you know just a day or two after the mine collapse and the mine is still closed um at this point um especially if you know cloak has been a little on the bedridden side yes can i just interject did doug um, Theo and Cloak have a conversation about the, the collapse was not an accident? Uh, Theo and Cloak yeah. probably at this point would... Theo mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, no couldn't remember. Yeah. Yep. On, yeah, sorry yeah, for during it. the mine, you said this, this was not an accident while right. he was exerting himself. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think this is this is the chance where, you know, the mine is shut down and, you know, uh, Messy Day and uh, Sanite have probably gone in with the mine. Cloak has been down and the other... The other mine uh shift leaders have gone in and you guys have well they've cleared the place out and like everything is still okay i think we can start it up uh warner is you know having conversations outside the barracks where mm. and not everybody can hear but you guys can totally hear right uh it's that kind of you know kind of invited eavesdropping right you know and a little bit movie trope uh where everybody's right. gonna you know leaned over but you know, Warner is basically like, hey, you're still getting paid, you know, still, you know, or something along the lines of take care of, you know, buying rations for you all or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's going to be okay that you're not working. I'm going to take care of it, but we're still looking into this. Um, and while they're having that conversation um, and or after the conversation, you get the tail end of Warner's starting to talk to Ike, and Ike is not happy. You can't quite tell what he's unhappy about. One can assume and guess, uh, but they're, but you know, before they're, you know, they're, they're, they've wandered off and they're having their private conversation. But you can't hear Warner's side of the conversation, but Ike's side of the conversation you can kind of pick up at a distance. Um, and Ike, be, Ike doing Ike things, uh, but mm-hmm. at, after he's which, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, at which, you know, Sanite and uh, Messy J are able, you know, come in and kind of give everybody the news. And there's definitely some of the Maroons who are like, I don't care when it reopens. I'm I'm done. 
is definitely some of the some of the you know grumbling that's coming around because for them this is the first collapse and all, all of them saw Arthur as he was as he came out and it, yeah. it was not a it was not a good look. No, they don't want to be Arthur. I don't know if uh, Jean Paul has a specific setup for that or you know how yeah. uh, how you want to. Uh, um, he, sure. So, Is, Isabel coming over and allowing him to see spirits, and particularly the spirit of the hearth, right, which is really helpful for where he's going with this. So, what he'd do is he'd have like an er, an evening ceremony, um, with of course the help of Sanity and Missy J. Um, and it would be different than the ceremonies they've done in the past. In that usually these things are focused around trying to um, prepare someone so that they can be mounted by one of the Loa, right? And then, of course, gain insight from that and follow through with the dictates. Um, because of everything, he needs to focus on something else, right? Which is um, recognizing that everyone's troubled and we come here not to force people to do things. So he needs to directly address the fact that people are saying they don't want to work in the mine anymore. Um, and see what he can do to provide them with a place with the rest of the Maroons, even if they aren't working in the mine. And it needs to be a group thing. So, whereas before, they're all from a country where they get told what to do, right? They all need to decide what they are going to do. If that is, some of us need to work harder because a few others need to be supported in their pursuit of something else, that's okay. If it is... uh, those people can't go back into the mine, but they can help with certain other aspects of mining, then that might be it. So I'll just, you know, narratively describe it. It doesn't have to be in character, so sure. we avoid taking too much time. But yeah, that would be it. It'd be the three of them, Sanite, Messi J, and, and Cloak, um, engaging everybody, trying to have some consensus-based, one, discussion of their feelings, so things get affirmed. And then two, a group decision, that we're not doing anything until we're all okay with it, until we've all chosen what we are doing as a group because we can't let this tragedy um, break us apart. Gotcha. So after that, basically you get two of your members who are like, I'm I'm done with this mining thing, um, who basically mm-hmm. you know appreciate where Jean-Paul is coming from and is on board with still being team members, uh, but say basically mm-hmm. we're, we're going to find work in town or now that the bridge is there, maybe they need, you know, more, you know, because going from mining to manual labor out in the farms they're like we i can do that and seeing if they can do something like that or uh and potentially the two of them are like well or we could go start a farm okay we need to figure out how and so the two of them have started this kind of plan um there are a couple others who are you know especially some of those lower rank members that we talked about who are you know leaning more towards i i don't know that i can go back into the dark right but handling like the the mules and offloading carts and doing this stuff outside you know we're, we're, we're on board and, and maybe we'll be able to get through this mental block and get back in there which for the mastigos and then the cult itself is like okay no that's perfect because this is exactly yeah. the kind of thing that we break through yeah cool fantastic so cloak will then um if if two are insistent that they want to do something else I will also say if you uh, have any trouble whatsoever and are in need of resources, I'm certain that um, the Monsieur Inright would be willing to give you whatever you need. 
cool. Yeah. Old statement. Instead of saying he'll force him mm-hmm. to give us whatever he needs, he actually says he's sure that Miss Monsieur Enright would give you whatever you need. I like that. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, exactly. Right? He's trying to appeal to something different. All right, cool. Uh, Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, Yeah, with uh, because especially you know at this point things have settled down. It's you know been a couple days. You've been doing these weird nightly trips out to the graveyard. Um, Actually, do you let Catherine know that you're going to the graveyard or that you're just going to be busy tonight? It's pretty in character to let her know. Yeah, I don't necessarily talk about what I'm doing there. Um, Not that I'd give her something to think about other than what I'm actually doing. That's fair. Like I'm going to study the, the talk to the spirits because that's something she used to do when she was practicing fallen magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so nighttime, sitting around the campfire, Voyage's in bed. Um, Theo's just having a pipe, and uh, just, just Catherine. I, what do you what do you think about sticking around here for a bit? Kind of leans back from the fire a little bit, kind of turns towards the the town, kind of in the distance a little bit. Of the places we've been, it's no worse than any other, and I'll be honest, some of the folks here are downright nice to us. Not all of them, but there's a couple, and uh, you know, a very pointed glance, and you've been making friends, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I have. I'm as surprised as you are. Um, so, should we see if we can get a room or a place? Or do you think people would rent to us? Or should we build one? Yeah, she looks back at the cart and she's like, what's, what's wrong with our palace on wheels? <laughs> <laughs> I may have grown up living in a cart running around the countryside, but I know that you haven't. And you've been a real trooper about it since San Francisco, but I thought we'd have that discussion and see if you're four walls and a roof that don't move. Sure. Um, I don't know. I mean... I would enjoy having our own place. Um, and I don't think that. Um, yeah. And, and for those of you watching, no, Craig is not the storyteller right now. Just deal with it. Um, but uh, welcome back. Uh, but no, I I mean, I don't I don't want to rent a room just to, you know, have a room. You know, I, I you know, I want a home. And if that means that we need to start saving a little bit, and if we need to start, you know, if I need to, you know, take on some more tasks, um, if you need to work longer or more nights with Madame Robert, if she'll use you, you know, I'm I'm ready to put that in for for this. And and I mean, maybe we can talk to Anastasio or Mister Enright about a loan. Um, you know, like sort of a, a, a reflexive sort of frown at the thought of talking to Enright for a loan. Right. Yeah, but Anastasio. Anastasio's chill. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's very much not chill. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anastasio is 100% not chill. 
I just, I definitely <laughs> don't want to be beholden to a rich landowner. <laughs> no. Build them. Right. Well, now it is getting the land mm-hmm. from and right now because that's uh, that's an Ike thing. Uh, that he, yeah. Uh, hi guys, we don't like Ike. Uh, wink if you get the history joke. Anyways, um, but yes, uh, you know, it, like I'm, 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 I'm willing to put in the work and effort for this. And I'll be honest. And she kind of like shifts on the little stool. Both gets a little bit closer to you, but B looks away from the um, the town and out towards mm-hmm. the river and towards the farm. And she's like, Enright doesn't own out there. And I mean, if we you clever girl, this is why I love you. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of you know, looking around, uh, like when you put it that way. But like, this is you know, that's that's an option. And then we're out there. We're a little bit farther from town, but you know, less people poking in. And then we're it's ours, you know. And you know, we might have to do a little bit of work to get it started that's a know? brilliant idea but I mean we're already here like literally just move the cart down and I mean and because I'm trying to remember because does either Theo or Catherine have any like experience farming I'm trying yeah, to remember yeah Theo, like Theo was a homesteader right and her husband like you know broke ground and built a house and started right. a farm mm-hmm. yeah um, that's a brilliant idea you know and it's you know we'll, we'll, we'll be able to set up out there and uh you know we can we can find some farm hands maybe uh you know if, if we get you know get it large enough um uh, you know find somebody who's got a an older you know on its last legs you know mule or oxen and you know we we can start small I mean, we're, I mean, kind of motions back at the cart again. It's like, we are literally anything with this would be bigger. Sure. You know, okay, we, let's, we could let, buy let's a tent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do it. Finally, <laughs> like hands up, finally so done with this. Um, and yeah, the, the, the relief of, you know, having put up with this, you know, good naturedly, begrudgingly for how long? You um, know. A year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, having, you know, because, you know, the tiny little cart is terrific and all, but <laughs> yeah, could we have a little bit of space? Um, and, you know, yeah. So yeah, you guys have a have a moment um, thereafter, um, just because like you have those those nice defining conversations, define the relationship conversations, and when they're on, they end on the positive end, they usually tend to end on the very positive end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, and fade to the crackling <laughs> fire. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> Uh, but yes, Cloak also knows some people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, farm work? Yeah. So listen, I know these two guys. <laughs> farm hands got you. You need that. We got you. Yep. Uh, but cool. Uh, and from that, we uh, we shift over to um, 
Jules and Rilla coming into the general store. Um, you know, sometime uh, probably getting co- closer towards the the later end of our two weeks, um, and they've been making kind of regular check-ins with uh, uh, with Gisela um, and Anastasia on the few days that Gisela isn't in because she's doing you know bullshit, magical bullshit. But kind of leans in and goes, "Is it in? Is it in? Is it in?" Uh, and, you know, each time, you know, because you guys are close enough that a ship comes by, maybe once every two to three days. Um, like, is never reliable enough or fast enough for like life-saving medicine to arrive. You know, you're still going to rely on you know the the classic. It's not I did a rod. What's that race with? Is that not the Huskies? There's a, the dogs? The Huskies there's a Balto. Yeah, yeah Balto. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why I did a run. Okay, you see, I did remember. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, trick question. Anyways, um, you know, so you still rely on people rushing on, on horseback or something like that for the quick, sudden, we need this right now supplies, which generally means out here, you're fucked. Um, but in, you know, the case of this stuff, Little by little, some of the stuff has come in because some of it is coming from farther, you know, back east, and some of the stuff is more, you know, close by, and you end, accidentally end up with some duplicate. So they get some, and now you've got some stuff sitting up on a shelf. And then Anastasio is like, "We are never selling this. this. Why? Who is going to sell this?" Um, but notably, today of all days, uh, the gold comes in uh, mm-hmm. or has come in, and uh, you know, it is this little little vial with uh, a little bit of uh, I guess it would be oil uh, probably not actually water uh, that it's suspended in um, you know these you know little gold flakes which you know has a nice little dramatic you flip it over and they kind of <laughs> you know float through it's not in whiskey whiskey maybe actually yeah um, oh wait hang on that's that's a <laughs> reference shit <laughs> <laughs> I do get the reference, um, but uh, you know, little flakes in in oil uh, to you know prevent any kind of uh... keeps them clean and stops it from oxidizing. Oxidation, oxidize. does uh, I, so. I think because that's how it gets all funny colored, even if it's not rust. Yeah. But uh, regardless, Gold's mostly inert, but does can oxidize. Yeah. Oxidize. Yep. Science. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, um, so that is in along with some other stuff. Um, and over the past weeks, uh, you all um, and, and I, we didn't quite have a scene with it. But Theo, I imagine, was able to supply a bunch of the various little herbs and knickknacks and stuff like that. So for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Chad is reminding me that, yeah, there's a reason we use gold for coins because it doesn't do, it doesn't that. do that. Thanks, guys. Um, come. If you're watching, like to keep it pure, like prevent it from being dirtied and stuff like that. And we are talking about little flakes, so you don't want to travel that in powder or something like that. I mean, if they're doing alchemy with it, Mm -hmm, that's true. Um, Aha! They are doing alchemy with it. (laughs) Yes, caught you in a trap. Um, That was a great fish. (laughs) That was elegant. The you know the, the wormwood and you know wolvesbane and all that stuff was also a bit of a giveaway. Um, Shh, I am a detective. <laughs> sure, I'll buy you a little trilby. Um, Absolutely. But uh, yeah, and so they you know you 
got a little small basket of different stuff that they had ordered and yeah they, they go nuts because the gold is here that's the big one that they were concerned about getting and stuff like that and so yeah turning looking at and stuff like that and bringing it up with a flourish <laughs> Ta-da! Uh, and yeah you get like a you know over-the-counter hug from rilla uh she's like oh this is fabulous this is exactly what we need we were so concerned oh um you know and considering all of last week's shenanigans uh, because yes we use shenanigans in 1846 um we, uh, you know, this this will be the kind of pickup that, you know, Mr. Bethune is really going to need, um, you know, playing with it and stuff like that. But I know you wanted to have a conversation, so they're here. <laughs> uh, mostly I wanted to just like, basically over the course of two weeks of meeting with them, you have like, basically I want to make friends. Sure. And I believe um, you were trying to uh, to open some doors before, right? Yeah, with Rilla. Like, I'm kind of leaning on like a not unintelligent, but uneducated um like, country girl's not quite right, because I mean, she's also Basically, we've moved around a lot and isn't like from your nice cities. Shouldn't have schools, right? But uh, very, very interested in anything. She's got and, she's got street smarts. Yeah, streets are all dirt and you know prairie, but. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically, just like trying to get any details of who they actually are outside of just. The Royal Society. Sure. Like, offering up details of her own life. Gotcha. And, like, oh yeah, we moved out here several years ago. Yeah, which, I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that intrigues both of them. You guys had known previously mm-hmm. that Jules was asking... Excuse me. Jules was asking these questions, but, yeah, Rilla, like, also kind of leads into, oh, you've been here a while? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we're gonna clear the doors, because I'm not worried about it, and basically, you're giving them, notably, you're giving them, because you're not being shy about it, like, a lot of the information that they've been trying to poke and prod, because, yeah, you've moved here, you know, uh, you know, a year or so ago, and they're asking you all sorts of questions about weird events, uh, mm-hmm. as, as Chris and Isabel put so well, stories of what has happened around here, um, which, you know, as far as you, you know, know, nothing really significant. You got the occasional storm, the river floods, you know, the only real significant out of the ordinary stuff, especially for, uh, your experience, your family's experience, um, is that the river is really nasty compared to every other river, you know, that you guys have come across. Um, and then, you know, there's there's the, you know, semi-occasional, you know, mine collapse and problem. But uh, like, that happens. Right. It's just, it's an ordinary A side thing. effect of mining. Right. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't like it when it happens, you know, but it's shitty. You know, those are those tend to be, yeah. especially in a mining town. Those are kind of your milestone of, oh yeah. Then there was the collapse that so and so was injured in, and the mine collapse where so and so died, and you know you have these different little 
you know, milestones because mm-hmm. out in the farms, yeah, they count and go by seasons and how good this harvest was or that. In the mine, it, you just keep mining. So, uh, but yeah, so at that point, I think, especially now, like with, with this, we pass over the gold and there's a definite, like, they linger. Well, Rilla especially. Like, Jules is kind of hanging on with Rilla because the two of them kind of move in a pair. Uh, but Rilla is, like, hanging out and, you know, we, we can get a little bit stereotypical if she kind of hops up onto the counter while you're working, <laughs> right? Um, and, like, let's let's chat while, while you're working and doing stuff and, you know, some other folks may come in and you guys continue your conversation while they work as opposed to being the polite, oh, I'll stop. You know, it's like, no, no, we're going to keep chatting because we're friends and that's, you know, supersedes your need to work. Um, if you've been that friend, stop being that friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let them do their work uh, also remember you always tip your friends 25% if you visit them in a restaurant anyways hire <laughs> Chris says hire whatever Chris says um, but yes um, you know so yeah you yeah you're definitely in that position um, and you know I feel like uh, at this point also uh, you have had the opportunity to come up and see um now with a little help from possibly some of the miners, especially since they weren't doing anything, the actual platform, viewing platform has now been built and kind of leveled, uh, which is a lot of what some of the uh, materials went towards, is having this very level, it's, it's small, but it's where the um, the telescope will be set on so they can get accurate measurements and they give you a lot of scientific BS, which I think based off of uh, Isabel's, excuse me, not Isabel's, uh, Gisela's, you know, prior experience, not a lot of science savvy. So some of it is just kind of over, but it's like, okay, azimuth and elevation. And yeah, I, those are words. Yes. Um, and then I feel like she, she probably knows the stars. Right. Mm-hmm, by name. Like, she doesn't know the, the workings of a telescope or the science you're doing there, but like name the constellations. Right. Absolutely. Um, and probably, you know, you guys actually probably have a good little bit of a laugh about, oh, you call it this? Well, we call it this uh, between the between the languages and cultures and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so like I said, you've been up there to, to see it at this point. Um, and yeah, like I said, Brill is, you know, friendly with you. Um, if nothing else, just because it's, you know, you, Theo, Isabel, you know, who are the, the other women around her age, generally speaking, um, that are single and not tied to, uh, well, sorry, single. Theo is not single. Uh, but, you know, are not... T- um, she is Offic- to everybody else. Officially, she is single, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But, you know, who, who have... Uh, you know, do not have the the homestead to tend or anything like that. Uh, but you're the one who's like, you know, chatty as opposed to Isabel, who is also chatty, but she's dancing and singing. And you know, those are the that's when she is out and about. She's busy. Same thing. She's with, a lot. Yeah, she is a <laughs> lot. And you, know, Theo, same kind of thing. I feel like Theo is constantly doing something. There's very little downtime for Theo. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after you know, Catherine says yes. Let's stay here, and we need money for that. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. Basically, I was trying to get. I really want 
to know about their codes. Like, I want to be able to look at their notes. Gotcha. I'm starting to get, That's like, a level of trust, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, and, yeah, go ahead and um, roll some... Yeah, presence plus persuasion, I think. Um, plus one for your, your good relationship with her. <laughs> Only four dice. <laughs> no, no, just can't, can't bring it to do, to do it mundanely. I mean, I don't really have mind magic would be the thing that would let. You can get yourself lucky. It's true. <laughs> like, miss bless everybody else. You can also make her, the book fall out of her, her pocket or something like that. It's a big book, but yeah, fall out of her back. Right, well, I say pocket, let me not say pocket. I mean, vessel or carrying. Yeah, I mean, my implement. worry about that would be then if I get caught with it, that shatters any um, trust we had going. And I would rather be allowed in. Right. Let's see. Let's see. Exceptional luck. The ones that will give you, um. Get a boon. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Are you going to give yourself a actual uh, condition or bonus dice? What's your plan? Probably uh, the bonus dice, just because the conditions. Like, I really like Charmed. I don't really see how it works most of the time. We're just like, something lucky happens. Right. Charmed is the, the quintessential fate condition mm -hmm. of, yep, you just kind of luck out in some way, but what it is, you don't have a lot of control over. I'm going to go with the, the bonus dice. Do you have control over using it to reduce damage, though? That's true. Mm -hmm. <sighs> oh. Okay. Well, it takes two reach. But you can do it reflexively. Like, I guess before you go to do a thing, you can just have it go. Mm-hmm. Yep, but it, because it is reflexive, it is one turn, so one Yantra. Mm -hmm. Steadfast, by the way, is the uh, the one I was thinking of. Mm, yeah. If you fail, you succeed. Mm -hmm. Well, you get a single success. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you succeed. <laughs> yeah. The the only uh, I'm, the only reason I'm being picky is because of things like. Um, uh, oh my gosh, we were just doing a scrutiny and stuff like that. Where oh, you we count as one. Oh, okay, yeah, if you have to count the number, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Or extended tasks. Any right. kind of extended task, right? Yeah, I think I only need... I only need one reach, right? I'm just doing it on myself. Mm -hmm. So it will go Reflexive now. Reflexive takes two. Yeah, the reflexive will obviously add one because that's a itself a reach. 
No, I mean, like, just doing it instantly, just, like, as a cast on myself and then trying again in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do that, too. Yeah, because you, you don't need it to happen right now. Uh, yeah, I don't need it just the second. Yep. I think the reflexive action replaces instant. You don't need to spend reach for instant. It's just plus two reach rider for casting it reflexively. Right. I, oh, I, oh, I yeah. see. You're choosing to cast it instantly. I misunderstood. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Just because I don't need to overreach on this. We put in C2, which I think is okay. It's a two dice bonus. Sure. For Yantras, I like a rod, and that I'm basically trying to use it to compel her to do a thing. I'm trying to think of what you, it would be. You are, you are the subject of the spell. Oh, right, right. So mirrors are good. That works. Like, turn around and just go, like, fix my hair in a mirror behind the counter. Yeah. Make sure all your little bobby pins are in place. Bobby pins totally exist in 1846. Shut up. Actually, they probably do. Oh, you get power on this as well. Okay. You get willpower back from sleeping, don't you? One per mm-hmm. per sleep. Yep. So at okay. this point, so you're I, I should up. have all of them again. Yeah, I'll lines. spend one for that. Six. And, uh, set seven. Ah, oh, great. Three successes. It definitely happens. Okay. Uh, have you picked a um, praxis yet? No. That you. you can't basically while uh, while you are a newly awakened person, basically you spend a willpower point when you cast a spell and declare that it is now your praxis. That's how you get your first one. Okay, I will think about that. Mm-hmm. So now I have a two dice bonus for another mundane roll to try to mm-hmm. reapproach this conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess I would just sort of stress that, like, well, I'm really interested. Yeah, just really want to lay into like, very interested in learning the science behind what you're doing, and I your secrets are safe with me. Like, I don't know if she would have told me about like, oh, this is the cipher mm-hmm. to save our secrets. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, especially the whole idea of like, listen, I'm frontier girl. I am not, you know, another Royal Society member or even a scientist. I'm just curious. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good, good vibe for it. Plus two. I'll put a little power at this one also. And you still have the plus one because you're friends with Rilla. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You, you didn't suddenly... This better work. This is so many dice. Two successes. Okay. Cool. Uh, so yeah, she kind of like gets this look and like kind of looks about. Of course, like there's nobody else here, and Jules is kind of eyeing her, um, and you know, there, there's a look between the two of them, and Rilla kind of 
kind of you know nods and shrugs and you just watch Jules kind of roll his eyes and says I'm going to the tavern and just kind of walks <laughs> out and you know Rilla pulls you know the mm-hmm. the bags well actually takes the bags that uh, Jules is always carrying and takes the big tome out and kind of hefts it open to like the very first page which even the front is written kind of like a traditional book in the fact that like, there's the title across and then like Arthur, uh, author name and stuff like that but all of that is in the cipher um, mm-hmm. and she basically uses that as like the code the key to kind of show you the cipher um, and she doesn't um, she doesn't tell you how to decode it um, so much as kind of shows you oh yeah this is what it means so this is one of those things she's giving you the big clues that you would need to if you got hold of it yourself to figure it out mm-hmm. um, so you can take the informed condition on Royal on Society list. Cipher It'll, it's still going to be a, a thing that you have to you know work at a little bit yeah but yeah, she kind of just shows you, oh, yeah, this is what this is. Uh, it's actually a fairly simple cipher uh, in terms of, um, you know, a certain couple little letter exchanges and um, uh, it was a shifting cipher and some alphabet uh, letter replacement that like anybody could figure it out. And you just basically you're spelling words differently. That's all mm-hmm. it is. Uh, but it's enough that somebody who didn't know wouldn't be able to just immediately read through. They'd have to figure it out. Um, but yeah, she, you know, kind of shares that. And it definitely doesn't resolve and reveal any of the, what's the science that they're doing, but she's like, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Here's, this is the cipher. And she flips through and kind of motions at a couple of the diagrams, which previously has been like, very like, Nope, I'm going to flip the page. So you can't even look at those. And a lot of them are, measurements and elevations and angles and you know some different observations and those are just written in numbers uh that you can kind of see and a lot of them are you know basically telescope directions and stuff like that and, you know which uh you know which orientation you know elevation stuff like that uh, i only know a couple of words for telescope stuff so azimuth elevation horizon that's about all you're gonna get um but get you know, a basic idea. And this book seems as she flips through basically just a lot of these different observation points uh, of the telescope throughout London, well, England, uh, down into France, down into Africa, um, uh, into uh, basically the East Coast and a lot of the more larger cities new york boston down to like raleigh richmond Richmond, yeah um um and uh you know through a bunch of these different things and you know various latitudes and then all of a sudden this sudden shift and it's like yep we're gonna leave all that and then they headed out here and so all these different measurements and stuff like that which like she's flipping through quickly you'll have to get hold of the book to actually make an idea of where they were pointing but um yeah just kind of really all over the place kind of measurements and then all of a sudden it's like yep we got to come out to colorado the fuck 
Indeed. I'm just really interested in seeing what they're seeing here now. Sure. Yeah. It's like, are you following something? Like, looking at it in different places as it orbits or passes by? I think she gives you kind of this... Because I know about comets. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I think she kind of gives you this, this grin of, well, we're not exactly following something so much as, you know, tracking it, I guess. Uh, and there, the, that the little bit of smarmy, you know, like mm-hmm. science, you know, to the frontier girl kind of comes out again. But yeah, when you talk about like comets and, and you know, some of the other known uh, astrological, no, astronomical things. Uh, or, like, or like an eclipse, things that look differently from different parts of the Earth. Right. Uh, and she's like, yeah, that that's, you know, the, the, the right idea. Um, and, you know, and you definitely see you know words come out of her mouth before she can stop them kind of vibe mm-hmm. of you know it's a you know it's unknown astronomical phenomenon and then she's like oh maybe that was too much <laughs> absolutely not this is definitely not a bit of made shenanigans that's really interesting do you it hasn't been here yet And yeah, she kind of clams up. She's like, mm, it, it, it might have been. I would really like to see it. <laughs> Whatever it is. We, we we are very excited about it, too. Okay. I have an idea. I'm going to share it off stream. <laughs> so as to not ruin it, if it's an actually good guess. Gotcha. I appreciate that. But yeah, so you guys kind of wrap up. And yeah, she once you start prodding a little bit more and she's like oh i'm letting stuff oh, yeah. you know, too much i've said book, yeah. book closes she's like okay well thank you again and like yeah. almost leaves without the stuff and comes back and mm-hmm. it's like thanks oh yeah in my head we were also having this whole conversation like sitting down behind the desk yes absolutely conspiratorially yep 100 <laughs> percent had had jules turned a little closed closed sign yeah. when he left yeah Anybody? Um, I can go. Sure. Mm-hmm. Couple things in the tavern. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Isabel has been trying to find out through the lens of spirit what other things might be capital F forces. Mm-hmm. I think the only one that she's really got a good idea of is fire. Sure. And so I think she's like every now and then like poking and prodding at the spirit of the, the hearth or like the, the, the cook fire in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the end. Um, and I don't know that I really had any idea of what that might be, mm-hmm. but just wanted to like delineate that that's like definitely her take on like, okay, so if I, if the spirit does this, the fire gets bigger. Do you, do you like try and actually speak with the spirit and kind of encourage it yeah. or is it? Okay. 
Yeah, so not necessarily even passive observation so much as, you know, yeah. encourage it, talk with it. Mm -hmm. uh, cool. Um, yeah, um, I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll definitely put that in that column of trying to figure yeah. out forces kind of stuff. Um, and I think so much as we'll go ahead and mention you, you learn some stuff, kind of experiment and kind of get the idea of like, okay, fire needs fire. Right. Um, but it doesn't necessarily need a lit fire, just the sheer right. presence of a fireplace um, mm -hmm. and some of that is enough to sustain it. And I think some of that even comes into conversation with Ganem, mm -hmm. you know, uh, which also because I'm remembering now, you definitely mm -hmm. get like, all right, stare down with Ganem, you know, it's like, eat. <laughs> and you have that. <laughs> I'm playing to entertain these people. You are eating to entertain me. That's yeah. so sinister. Gotta, gotta be bossy. Yep. Because I, I think especially... Fake it till you make it. Well, and with between Alphoth and Ganem and now like talking with the fire spirit, talking with the mine, and starting mm -hmm. to realize a lot of this is you, you have to be the predator. You have to yeah. put your foot put put your foot down, be the alpha, um, right. and a lot of posturing. Um, Especially with running off those spirits that I didn't want around. Like, mm -hmm. just putting that imago together of you will listen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the bigger, scarier, you know. Right. And, and because it's Chris, you know, I'm the bear and I'm going to stand up on my rear on my, on my rear legs and be big. Uh, big like, and scary. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think you definitely make some progress along that lines and definitely, you know, have a uh, have some time to observe i don't even think we need to necessarily do like scrutiny with it but observe mm -hmm. ganem that once a day eating resonance mm -hmm. from the flute uh right. you know possibly your your playing kind of pauses because i feel like that's when ganem can actually you know like a flute being a flute is one thing a flute when played is when you know it's really being a flute instead of a metal right. stick uh, and you know, get that chance to like watch him eat it, eat, mm -hmm. um, and kind of get the vibe. Yeah, I figured like the actual the actual resonance is music. Like he's actually a, a music spirit. Potentially, that was that was. Mm. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's too esoteric. Yeah, I'm leaning esoteric. Yeah, into the into but. the Goetia realm, but yes, sure. yeah, um, or even just sound, I guess. Uh, sure, but yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely get that sense and possibly have a conversation with Ganem about, wait, hang on, what is essence? <laughs> um, and finally kind of broach that right. um, and kind of, especially, I don't even know if she would consider it, would call it mana necessarily, but that internal right. reservoir that you've got and Ganem is like, uh -huh. yeah, I have that same thing. And you have a little chit chat about that. Mm -hmm. um, cool. I like that. Um at this point especially with like having to do so much with Ganem and everything uh, I gotta imagine this flute's gotta be pretty close to being a dedicated magical tool mm -hmm. yeah I'm totally cool with that okay. and, and check that off and get your get your paradox reduction in because uh, yeah you have been casting just about every spell using Basically it in one way yeah. mm -hmm. which brings me actually back around to who has dedicated magical tools at this point? I think I'd be the first. 
I don't okay. have a dedicated. I have tools. I right. just don't have a dedicated. Right. We discussed the possibility of cloak starting with a dedicated magical tool, that being the Asan, but agreed that it would be more interesting if everyone acquired them in the course of play. Mm-hmm. Right. I couldn't remember where we had ended up there. So cool. Awesome. Yeah. Which I mean, I know you've been using your Asan for most right. of your spells. So hell yeah. I haven't cast a spell without it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was, I was thinking through. But, yep, I like it. Um, cool. So, maybe along the lines of, like, Gisela sharing her knowledge. Mm. Isabel, like, you know, make up a spell that I'm pushing myself for as far as an experiment or whatever. And it's like, wait, hold on. That should have should have drained your reserve but instead I should have strained I should have had to to fight back against that one or whatever I like that idea of this inner head is it's fighting back against the spell like trying to rein it in because she's a theorist yeah yeah, yeah exactly um, but this one didn't you have to fight it as much huh and then um I imagine there's like a locked in bit of um, Nimbus well, it, on it's, a magical tool. It's your dedicated right? magical tool, so it's connected to you, if I remember right. correctly. Well, I don't have space, so... It, but, oh, that's true, yeah. But I'm, I, I'm imagining that when you look at... If you have, you know, five mages lined up and you look at a dedicated magical tool, you can go, that one. Yeah, because it, it does tie to your Nimbus. Right. Yep. Yeah. So... Um, so maybe just like looking at that for a few minutes and then like running off probably to find cloak uh, which actually does remind me because I meant to bring this up earlier throughout this kind of two week span that we've uh, mm-hmm. got do you guys basically arrange a regular like meetup because especially now that you got you know uh, Gisela is telling people about scouring you know uh, uh, Isabel has started to figure out you know, dedicated magical tools. Do you guys start to have like regular meetups? And cause, and you guys remember this is, this is my thing way back when it's like, Oh yes. Meeting in, under the cover of dark, uh, all surreptitiously. I feel like there's still enough barriers between us that we wouldn't like all get together, but we would sort of share stuff in a gossipy kind of mm-hmm. yeah. way, sort of a I think, you know, it, pollination yeah, of ideas. Like, maybe like each of us favors one person particularly or whatever currently. Yeah. If, if there is a group meetup, I don't think it's like a scheduled or regular thing. Right. It's probably kind of the vibe I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, it's I'm like, going to hey, take pass this along. Right. If you see. Yeah. Yeah. A- after cool. Coke recovers and Isabel came and visited him, he started going over there more frequently. So I think in the course of the two weeks, he's sought out Isabel three times. And also tried to make sure. contact with Theo if she's available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And of course, everybody knows. Like, is right. is the sun still up? Okay, we know where Gisela is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, yeah. I'm not even supposed to yeah, be I think in there's, today. There's there's more opportunities for us to see each other in a regular capacity that it doesn't yeah. stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But it's so always meeting on usually individual terms. Right. Yeah. There is one thing that. Um, Cloak would want to talk to everybody about if we're um, we're able to do this scene in the session. Otherwise, I'll bring it up next time. 
Sure. Okay. Uh, we got time. Yep. Cool. Great. So, uh, as I discussed, I'd like a scene where Cloak is expanding his understanding of mind, and he can do that through stretching himself to actually um, invade Arthur's mind and try and recover his memories. Well, less recover, because, like, Arthur doesn't isn't missing memories. Sorry, I shouldn't use the word recover. I didn't mean to suggest something different than I intended. Um, what I mean to say is extract his memory, view his memories, acquire his memories. Sure. So that he can share them. Because let's see here. Can you do that with... Mind three. Mind three. Right. Uh, yeah, so, because uh, I know you, uh, you'd you mentioned that, that you wanted that being the catalyst to bump you into Mind 3, uh, which exactly. actually um, reminds me, because, uh, Craig, you were thinking of taking Death 3 after the graveyard. Um, so, yeah, if you want to, if you both want to mark those off, uh, Chris, sure, I know you great. were talking about Forces 1. Yeah, uh, cool. having ranged from, you know, big, big, scary storm down to this little fire and starting to see how these things are tied together and what do you think ash for because you were looking at um oh hang on i have a message here what is this oh Oh, it says dc uh but uh because i know you're talking about gnosis and prime do you think you're quite there yet uh no i need to meet with cloak oh well by happenstance cloak is trying (laughs) to get everybody together yeah like that's definitely the meeting that She's been putting off the most because your invitation to come down to the darkness of a mind where you're going to like come into the dark mind and we're going to go inside your your thoughts. <laughs> not not down for it. But also <laughs> like I've seen the other two. They've shown me some some things. Oh, I've interacted with things that are outside my wheelhouse with theirs. Hmm. And I guess I gotta suck it up and go see what you can show me. <laughs> sure. Alrighty, cool. Sounds good to me. But yeah, if it mm-hmm. is so, so uh, set this you up. You can do that beforehand or after the group meeting. Right, that's what it's I was gonna you. ask. Is, yeah, because I think, you know, Cloak is putting out this, Jean Paul is putting out this, you know, invite for everybody. Do you go and, you know, chat with him beforehand or, you know, before that day, you know, the, you know, Sunday when every, you know, everybody's out of the mine? Or uh, do you wait for that day just out of curiosity? I would probably wait until the meeting and then just sort of stick around afterwards. Cool. Rather okay. than going out of my way to go visit mm-hmm. the uh, barracks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. All right, so Cloak will call everybody together, and then if they're willing, he would, of course, go to the cleaned space where everybody meditates in the mines we took Theo before. Mm-hmm. It's a place of quiet and consistency that he likes. Cool. Um, because he wants to share with him, and he'll say, you know, he wants to share with them. Uh, something inside of his own mind that he thinks everybody needs to know. And he wants their insight. And so, considering we're doing this in a descriptive fashion, right, I'm also cool with anybody, you know, responding to what I'm suggesting here in any way they like. So, Cloak would set it up. Um, If Theo arrived first, right, it might be cinematic for what he intends. 
um, he'd remind Theo of the process of getting in, you know, into a, um, a calm meditative stance and then ask for her assistance to make the other two comfortable. And so then um, encourage people, you know, wash and lay down uh, in sequence into this comfortable place where all of our heads are together. So Cloak and he'll ask Theo to help him aid um, Isabel and Gisela into getting into a meditative state. And then um, he'll help Theo get into it, and then he'll get into it. Before he falls into it, he'll cast telepathy to link minds. And then, of course, he'll make it voluntary, right? And then once we're all in this meditative state, he'll try and bring people to, like, um, a plane that kind of looks like one outside of um, Purgatory Bluff. And then say he wants to bring them to um, the mind collapse because he was able to view it from Arthur's perspective. And he wants to know if there's information there that they might be able to extract because he still can't make sense of what happened. One thing. I feel like I should have to roll to meditate. (laughs) Because Gisela's never been anywhere near a meditative state in her entire life. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's like, can you even do it? Yep. Uh, what was, take, what's the role? Resolve. It takes, some, it takes some convincing. <laughs> so resolve to composure, call, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah I would say, like, I've done this before. It's it's very interesting. No, it's more than just like hmm. who she is as a person. Being able to turn your mind off and settle, open up is not a thing. Hmm. Resolve, resolve, composure. Yeah. And uh, Drew said you get a plus three, or at least that was what Theo got. So I shouldn't assume that it's the same. Plus three. Appreciate that, but yeah, still plus three. This, I should be able to do it. That's nine dice. Yeah, yeah. you, you, yeah, and that's that was the thing I was just saying. Gisela though is good at meditating. Um, I was kind of hoping I would fail, just because having nine dice and then still not making it is great. Would be awesome, Gisela. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah both funny. of you take that. You know, uh, you know that time to to settle in, and you know a lot of it is, you know, Theo's, you know, coaching, and and I'll be honest because it's narrative. You know, you guys may, you know, individually, yeah, you're, the role is successful, but it may take you guys a bit to just even make the attempt, uh, mm-hmm. and like going through. It's like we're we're doing what exactly? But you doing know, what? yeah, and I think for Isabel, no. especially, yeah, especially for Isabel, it's like you want to what? No, <laughs> why? <laughs> Yeah, both, for what purpose? For for both is it considering Isabel's background and who she is, plus also it's Thyrsus and mind is their inferior. Why are nah. we doing this? This is not. This... <laughs> I like that. Cloak would of course uh, respond. Um, you showed me um, how to see the world differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it like that. As soon as he pulls it out, he, she just crumples. Like, it's like fine. Because <laughs> like a lot of that, like that teasing scene and, and opening cloak mm-hmm. size was meant to be like it's real nice. Like she was talking to herself as much as she was talking to him. Mm-hmm. Right? Ah, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. But yeah, with that, you guys settle in, and um, uh. I do think this is definitely one of those spots where, you know, uh, Ralph, I think we discussed this, where it's like Cloak, especially because you you already paid for and picked up Astral Adept, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, totally. So, 
Cloak is like, I can totally breach this. Like, I, I recognize what's going on. I can get deeper. And I think with using the telepathy, like, mm-hmm. you can, you start that journey down and, like, b- try to bring them along. And you have this moment of, like, you know, they're, the, the connection and the grip you have with them is, like, smoke suddenly and just passes away. And oh. so, like, bringing them into your own Neros this way it doesn't seem that they are gifted the same way. They don't have the training. Mm-hmm. I imagine is the way cloak things of it um, to, <laughs> to go so deep um, and without yeah. even like rolling with this stuff. It's like, okay, right. hang on resetting and then bringing them into your dreams uh, mm-hmm. in, in a, yeah. in a, a waking dream, uh, which yeah, not exactly. quite as useful as the Oniris, but of course cloak doesn't even know that, but yeah, no. in the dreams as an active but- participant, Cool. And I mean, of course, with with mind, right? With his now, um, um, increased skill in mind, he can present images through telepathy, right? Me, really? Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna get new tech. Um, so uh, he would just bring forth um, the experiences of Arthur, right, from a distance. Like, say, we're gonna view this let people know that we're going to um, enter a space where the mind collapse is going to happen from Arthur's perspective. We will be witnessing it through his eyes. Which is a little bit horrific. I bet. Yeah. Um, and so then afterwards he say, what happened? Giesel and Theo have a little bit of info there. Sort of. I, like I'm all about transitions. And the changing the states of one thing into another. And I don't understand what happened here. There was nothing about this mind that should have collapsed. I have a theory. Please. Um, there was a being there. Do you use the, the, the high speech for yeah, it? Yeah, it's the word that they would know. In my head, I'm so keepers. From they, the place. They mind the threads. Mm. Um, but yeah, I looked. I looked back as far as I could into the past to try to see. Um, in this world, nothing caused it. It just was there, and then it fell. Hmm. Mortimer was just as surprised as everyone else. So, all right. What the? And then, yeah. Afterwards, there was a being sitting where the collapse was. So he is in a story. He is, and I don't know that he knows it well I tried to tell him and he took offense oh I was under the impression he was causing it but I think you might be right I think this might be happening to him hmm maybe it's happening to us or to the town and it has nothing to do with him. 
odd that things would start going weird when he shows up. Still seems too coincidental, yeah. I mean, and like gesturing around at the dream that we're in <laughs> and the four of us. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. <kettle>. Bethune <laughs> is not the only weird thing that has happened in this town. Clogue nods gratefully at Isabel when she says that. <laughs> Perhaps I, I was brash been... in my uh, assessment. Accusation, almost. I have been suspicious of him since he came. But that is because I'm inclined to be suspicious of people I don't know. It is always good to be suspicious of the English. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, with this group, yeah. <laughs> I also appreciate the near uh, simultaneous little <laughs> half nod from everybody. <laughs> yes. Cloak says... I think I think he is less I think he means better than I now think he means better than it seemed at first I'm worried about that mine for many reasons it should be obvious you say there was a being present have you talked to this being I tried they don't I don't know if they choose not to or if they can't communicate, but do you do you see see things, right? I see well, things. And and I see I use a supernal like high speech beings, but I didn't see what like I didn't I, we were there together and I didn't see anything. So I wonder if <laughs> there's only certain ones that we can see different. I, I mean, mean, I don't see ghosts. Or maybe it showed call. itself to you, or... Hmm. Cloak, as he says the next thing, he, he looks at Isabel with a kind of like, I know, I gotta, I gotta think outside <laughs> the box, but you know, uh, I'm trying. He says, um, uh, I was trained to think of things in a very fixed way that the only non- human beings we really experience at the low they're all the low I now realize that might be a not a complete uh, understanding however I think that the way we approach the loa might be helpful I think that most beings if you cannot interact with them just require you to figure out a way to provide them with the means or a way for you to visit them as Isabel demonstrated to me so he uses the word, you know, spirit in high speech. He says, spirits are around. I can't see them until Isabel helped me. Just because I can't see them does not mean they're not there. I know that I can visit the Loa. And he uses capital L, right? Um, I can bring them here. I can bring them various places. And even before uh, I awakened, I interacted with them. Perhaps there is some ceremony you can perform. I don't know what that would look like, because I don't understand the being that you're talking about. But I think if I were to try and talk to a Loa that I saw in my sight, I would try to perform some kind of ceremony using the magic I know. 
And could in fact, I, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, could I let you see it? We have telepathy, right? Yeah. Can I show? Can I show it to you? Cloak. Sure. Cloak immediately, like like scoffs at himself. Like, why didn't I just ask you <laughs> to do that? Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, you have control over your own thoughts here. Okay. And I'm going to basically just like close my eyes and just screw up and like mentally <laughs> see the picture of the thing. Yeah, which and and I think it is a it is suddenly just there in everybody's minds, Ooh. you know, full and <laughs> forefront and just like all up in your face. And yeah, for you know, Isabel, like you've seen spirits before, but they all kind of fit to the natural world or emotions and stuff like this. And this is this swirling vortex of what the fuck. Uh, I don't like it. Yep. <laughs> says Perry says, "Can you see my screen now?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> su- suddenly, a okay. you know it's big big Moire is suddenly just floating that there in front of you all. Is... Huh. I don't know what that yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, I've seen similar ones around sometimes. So. Hmm. And there I is always... not a. There is not a. Lesser version of these? Not that I've seen more accessible or... oh yeah that's true because for Isabel you see beasts and yep, totems right. but also spirits that's true yeah I don't yeah I've seen what you see and right. you have the little ones you well, can talk but to. you have not I cannot show you Those. my version of this yes why not I don't see the little ones it's only the big ones. This is the best scene ever. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you show um, us, Isabel? So here's Alfoth. <laughs> yeah. Here's a beast. <laughs> yeah. Like a fucking... Uh... I don't know. I'm going to make up one on the spot. Um, a, like... One of those grassland spirits from the disco? <laughs> I don't even <laughs> think... Um, no, I was thinking, like, a big, like, tortoise. Like, like house-sized tortoise. But with, like, a grassland, like, savanna, like, waving on its back. Like, very Torterra sort of thing. And just, yeah. like, walking by out on the plain. It's like, that versus the spirits that you've seen. Ganem. You, I mean, we have, some of us, shared our experience and like awakening sense but we know that we have different blessings so 
perhaps there is more to it. I think there is. Can we show you? So, the threads. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, like I don't see. There are no little beings, but there are the the threads, the tapestry. It's true. Like, there's differences that I see too. Like, the, there's different almost classes. And I'll, we're in the dream realm, right? I'll just I'll manifest a ghost. Mm-hmm. Like, I see these f- moderately frequently. And then I'll manifest a specter. Oh. I've only seen a couple of those, but those are something entirely different. I've never been able to interact with them. Sorry, uh, specter is? Um, Stygia. Um, um, the, like the death beings, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the death supernals. Um, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. so you did the same thing. Yep, essentially. Yeah, yes. and, and and a quick reminder because for all of you, you all had that joint though different experience of awakening, and these are the mm-hmm. things you saw in the awakening right. in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like Cloak would be able to see Goisha, right? Mm-hmm. But they're so rare in the fallen world. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they don't have a real twilight, do they? Right, Right, there is a twilight twilight. for them, but they don't arrive naturally because they live in your mind. In the mind, yeah. Has I mean, but Cloak has seen like at least one, right? Yeah, he's he's seen. He's experienced Goetia through like voodoo and then you know awakening and things like that. Uh, So, if that was an invitation, Ash would definitely um, mm-hmm. follow suit with everyone else then uh, yeah so he would say these are what Loa are to me and he would manifest what would he manifest he manifests ooh Baron Samdi just because of um, who's in the group mm. <laughs> yeah exactly <clears throat> and he would look at Theo and say he seems fun Theo, I think um, you would enjoy a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I think I've mentioned to you all before that is probably helpful to um, reinforce is that Vodou is not just um, a form of religious practice. It is a different perspective on life. It's a different perspective on your place in the world and how you orient, how you understand yourself, how you conceive of your identity. And that is reinforced by the Loa and their dictates and what we gain from them, what we see from them. Baron Samdi is a protector and encourager of everyone to recognize their identity in many terms. And so without going into queer theory, right, considering this is 1846 and Cloak is a bit, you know, relatively ignorant, Right? He uses terms in the context of Vodou, right? And he says that we have sex and gender, and we are told to different things in Haiti. And although people cannot rule against who you will be with, who you will love, and who you will share time with, the influences of Catholicism and various other aspects of society make it so that Vodou functions as um, a sanctuary and a place of freedom for everyone, regardless of what society tells them about who they should be. 
So he didn't manifest um, Urzuli Dantor and Urzuli Freida, respective like um, protectors and patron Loa um, of um, of gay men and lesbians. It's uh, I think Dantor and Freida, no Freida and Dantor respectively. And then um, he says, however, uh, when we are mounted by the Loa, that is not the same thing as interacting with. And then he says. Um, he says, like a, what did he say? He says, he says demon in high speech. He doesn't know that word, you know, but like whatever the word is. And he says, this is what I thought Loa were. I intend to bring one forth into this world if I can. Because up until this point, none of us have been able to contact the Loa, and he uses lowercase here and points at like, you know, Urzuli Freda or Dantor or Byron Samdi. None of us have been mounted. I haven't spoken to them. They haven't said anything to me, and I don't know why. But I think that Since coming here. I use... What was that? Since coming here. here? Back in Colorado. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Since coming here, they haven't visited. Uh, they haven't mounted. We've done everything the same, but we haven't seen them. They haven't spoken to us. And... I don't know why. I think that I might need to appeal higher. I might need to use my magic with what I know from Voodoo and see if I can reach Papa Legba. Because hmm. he Cloak is the like Loa I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is the one who mediates the connection between humanity and those above. Good luck. <laughs> I don't know how it will go. If you'd like to be there. <laughs> yeah, let's everybody be here for the first summoning. Make it super hard. Uh, <laughs> I think I'll pass on that one. Okay. It seems... Personal? Improper? Yeah, this is your... Your Loa and your people's... Plus... You mentioned there were two ways that we could probably talk with these beings. Yes. Either bringing them here or going there. Yes. And I have no desire to go wherever you have been. <laughs> Pandemonium is kind of fucked. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It feels... I... <laughs> it feels wrong to sort of intrude on this. There are, yeah. There's like clear. It does seem very personal. Like there's clear differences in what the four of us can see and interact with, and how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I, and when we were trying to do that thing before, like you weren't able to interact the same way that I was. Oh. I know it's not the same, but it just reinforces the idea that maybe this is something that we should do on our own. Wait. Hmm. Gisela? Hmm? How many arcana have you seen? That I've seen with my eyes? 
or that I've experienced being near. How many? Yeah. You seem to know something about Prime that you said before. And I've learned, learned forces now. So how many more are there? Did we not figure that out in the, at the awakening? At, at this point, and, and it's kind of up there of like maybe there's more you don't know, but at this yeah. point, between the four of you mm-hmm. and sensing prime and probably forces at one point, well, actually, it would only yeah. be supernatural stuff, so probably not. But, and then, you know, starting to study forces and actually having the dot in it, it's like, wow, there's, yeah, mm-hmm. there's 10 of them here. Hmm. So. Is there a fifth? A fifth blessing? At this point, my mind is just taken off running. With, like, where are the little ones? You all have right. little ones. <laughs> that's true. How come you, you all guys have... get little ones that I don't? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually what led like me mm-hmm. to put that together for, mm-hmm. uh, from Isabel's perspective. It's like, all three of us get one. Why don't you have one? A show deal. That seems... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Weird and wrong, and have I just not seen them? So perhaps there's a fifth. Hmm. Interesting. Why do we not? I mean, I've definitely felt prime as a thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So, like, I know there is more arcana than we have. Right. So, someone's got it. Now the question is, are they in town? <laughs> <laughs> there was the the night we first started probing one another with our magic. There was another I had the same sort of sensation of something happening nearby. I didn't see what it was or where it came from, but it wasn't related to any of you. Maybe there is someone else here. You wouldn't know that. <laughs> All you would know is something pinged your mage site. Yeah, I know there's something pinged your main site, but like when I looked around, it wasn't. I didn't see any active effects from any of you. Yeah, looking back now that you know our nimbuses, yeah. you can connect it. That wasn't from any of us. Yeah. Well, I mean, we weren't that- together at the time, so. You're good, Greg. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I get where you're at. Yeah, you, you've, you've yeah. done the, some algebra here, and yep, mm-hmm. arcane Jeez, algebra. Yeah, and, I, and there was no nimbus, as I recall. Like I didn't see anything. I just something pinged my main sight, and I didn't see anything. So maybe there's something else going on here, or somebody else. There's so definitely the, something else. Is that the prime mm-hmm. ping you mentioned before? Can you show it to it me? It said... Sure. I guess I'll show you what it looked like in my head, which is kind of like the imposing of the rune. Yeah, the big high-speed rune, which actually may be for the first time, like, you guys are... Well, no, because when you study stuff, you see the, these runes. But yeah, the big mm-hmm. pride, the giant T, because <laughs> it's the only one I have memorized. That's what happens every time something happens but this one was new for you that happens every time 
Mm-hmm. Why? Maybe that's your little one. <laughs> you just get supernal. You just get Arcana slapped yeah. every time. Supernal pings. Um. But yeah, and then I pulled a card about it, and it said it was dangerous. Hmm. And out of character, you know it's related to Mortimer in some way? I don't think or so. Or finding out about it, it lies through Mortimer? Yes. Okay. Looking into it requires me to to get the book. To read the book. Right. Or that is step one. Well, that's gonna happen for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Whether you read it in, in Can person or you read it in somebody else's mind. You get the pages. That I have seen. Ooh. Oh, Mine yeah. three, does that give you photographic memory, right? Uh, I can just grant you perfect recall. Perfect recall. That one, yeah. That's one I dot. I can summon fine, your memories. Mind. Yeah. Yes, I've seen it. And I know the cipher. You've seen his book? Mm-hmm. Couple pages, because it was a lot of, yeah, like... Yeah, some of it. Mm-hmm. It was definitely not, like, page bring- by page. If yeah, give me here. a piece of paper and a pen and I'll start. I can't bring you the book. I have what I've seen. What? No, I mean, he if you can... Just... Yes. Please go. You through. can just pull it out. Yes. If you have trouble, I can bring it perfectly from your mind. I know this, he says with the capital N. And I can, mm-hmm. I can perfect what is meant in those words. So that we can all read it now. Like you can pull memories out of your head that are clearer than what your memory is. With your permission. I mean... Will that... Decode it? I mean, we can remember what the page looks like. But it's, uh, it's written in a code. I but I decode. know how to decode it. Yeah. Oh. I can also help you all with that. Mm-hmm. This spell just like turns around and like brings back a little bit of grassland to stare at. <laughs> <laughs> you just like, get me a pen and or like a paper and a pencil. And I'm just going to start copying down what was in my head. What, why don't you um, just bring and- it forth here? Within, well, you mean, can do anything. Within your do thoughts and have stuff. it elsewhere? Ah, I see. Sure. If you'd like to leave the dreamscape. I just meant we can do that now and you can write it down later as well. It's up to you. Sure. Sure. If you um, wait, I can That is where we'll end. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like summoning up the picture of this book in my head. Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, that's actually probably where we'll stop for now. That way, I can <clears throat> figure out a bunch of pages about a book. Uh, so, yeah. as as I was asked, let me let me pull up this bit in Discord here because I, I love this. Uh, somebody messaged me um, and 
actually asked me, hey, you're a good storyteller. What are your advice? And I was like, oh, man, the, imp- in the imposter syndrome <laughs> is hitting really hard right now. But if you want to know how to mage uh, storytell, I believe my exact words are... Hang on to your hat, expect players to blow everything up, and don't plan for them to do specific actions to get past the problem. Just plan on what happens after they get past the challenge. This would be one of those exact scenarios of like, hey. oh, yes, I've seen the book. I know what the cipher is, and I have the ability to pull your memories out. I'm like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> it won't be all the pages of the stupid book, but we're going to have some information. So we're gonna get we'll do that when we come back. <laughs> Uh, as always as always thank you all very much for joining us uh, we'll, I don't know exactly where we'll be next week because uh, I mean we'll obviously be playing but we may still be in a little bit of downtime um, well actually maybe maybe not I think we've well not down narrative time yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think yeah. yeah I think we've kind of caught up with most of the big uh, scenes, I, we have one one big one for, for Cloak still. But uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, next week we might be back on the trail of this mystery, capital M. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, as always, thank you all very much for joining us. Um, if you want to support us monetarily and join the ever-growing list of patrons who scramble. Well, okay, there's only two who regularly scramble their names. But if you want to join that that illustrious list, um, come by Patreon, patreon.com slash occultistanonymous or staylucky.club. It supports what we do with tech. Uh, I will go figure out how to fix my mic so I can get off of this thing. Um, you know, and that's, that's from your guys' support, and we greatly appreciate it. If you want to join our community and chat with us and come join, uh, come join our Discord. That's uh, yeetinto.space um, and come hang out with us there. Uh, you you don't have to chat. You can be just a lurker uh, or come share stories about your stuff because it's not just about Occultus Anonymous. I mean, it's Occultus Anonymous Discord, but we love to just chat about your stuff. And we have like four or five different uh, folks who are joining and sharing their various chronicles we've got what like two different werewolf games and a mage game and some people talking about their D game it's cool we want to hear about your stuff and admittedly some people will poke in you'll play well why did they do that but a lot of us will go "Ooh!" and then what happened or, or <laughs> uh as somebody mentioned and this this group joined our zoo chronicle and so now we have a mage in with a werewolf a promethean and uh Geist, uh, and so yeah, that's just going to be a heck of a chronicle. Stuff like that. Come hang out. We really do like to have you there. Um, and there's a spot where you can go talk about Final Fantasy 14 too. Um, now with a free trial through Heaven's Sword, blah blah blah, to level 60. You know how it goes. <laughs> um, Join us. Uh, you know how that goes. Um, uh, otherwise, um, yeah, thank you guys very much for joining us, uh, and we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm. See you later.